Welcome to the Painters Today podcast, a series of one-to-one interviews with contemporary British artists hosted by Lucy Cox. If you enjoy this series, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podbean or your favourite podcast provider and consider following me at 23carousels on Twitter and Instagram. You can also contact me via email painterstoday at outlook.com. Claire completed her Master of Fine Arts degree at Goldsmiths in 2016 and has since been the recipient of the Goldsmiths Jealous Print Prize, shown a series of paintings at DKUK Hair Salon in London and conceived the collaborative project Fragility Spills, which was funded by Arts Council England and Marcel Joseph Skull Power Fund. We discuss Claire's latest solo show, Fragility Spills, joining Instagram for the first time, performativity and painting, gender and identity, the studio as a safe space, Soho's clubbing and art scenes during the 1990s, and much more. Instagram um, plays quite a um, big part in your practice now, doesn't it? Yeah. So you only joined it like a couple of years ago and since then it's like really taken off. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I never was on any social media at all. And then I joined it to because of my degree show at Goldsmiths because I realised that that was a good idea. And then now it's become some very sort of integral part of my practice. Yeah. And and how did that come about? Like how, how did that kind of formulate into your practice? Well, I think I think there's sort of a number of factors really. I, I mean I sort of I spoke about this before, I think um I've got a really dyslexic brain and um I think at first it was kind of a way of like what I was sort of doing was like just posting like my influences. Um, and that was, and that's kind of strange when you revisit that now because, you know, I was sort of posting maybe things like um, Carly Schneeman or Laura Aguila or um, I don't know Lee Bowery or uh, Michael Clark, all these things. And now, I, when I look back, I can kind of see that those things have kind of made their way into the work. So maybe it was some way of sort of getting things out. Um, but also, I um, I worked in telly for many years, um, and so and that in a weird way was a sort of a practice around imagery and and words of communication. And so I think um, going onto Instagram was some sort of way of fusing that practice and my painting practice. And also, I think, um, I mean, I've been in this studio for like 13 years, like hidden away. Yeah, this is at Acme Studios in, uh, in Deptford, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, I, you know, I think a lot about like safe spaces and, and private spaces, like, because my Instagram is a private 
Instagram, but yeah, it did matter. I also talk a, a, think a lot about like spilling, but there was some way of like spilling and uncontaining in so many respects, but yeah, it, in essence of what I was doing in the studio. Yeah, and that performative aspect, because I know that your, that your painting is essentially performative, isn't it? You, you get dressed up in high heels and, uh, and you know, your jeans and, and you, you, know, you splash the painting on the canvas and you do a lot of that kind of thing. Well, I don't actually paint in the high heels. Oh, I thought you did for some, oh, right. No, <laughs> but that's a good, it would be, it's a good, um, maybe then it's worked in some way. I think, they are very perform. They are very performative, um, but I think uh, regarding the high heels and the clothing. Yeah. I was really. In, I'm really interested in a quote from um, Wet, a book called Wet by Mira Shaw, which talks about um, each layer of the female painter's clo- um, studio clothing that she discards and adds with a layer of street clo- clothing is. Um, is a sort of added layer of anxiety and a loss of intimacy with herself. So I'm kind of interested in like, say, safe spaces and the protective nature of the studio. And I think that um, I'm also like, well, if I'm outside of the studio or maybe the, the, the clothing has some sort of protective or magical qualities. And I think the heels and things were like also just thinking about, I don't know, like, I'm very interested in fashion and, and stuff like that, um, but also just thinking about maybe the private view or... Yeah, I don't know, it's like a kind of... a way of claiming something and uh, and allowing something that maybe had only been present in a studio to happen in front of a lens or something. Yeah, I think what I, I really quite uh, like about your work is is this idea of duality, which which I think is quite interesting. And even though like you talk about the Instagram, and, and it is private, isn't it? It is an mm-hmm. private account. Your work is also, I think, quite exhibitionist in a sense. Mm. And that idea of duality, you know, you have that um, split between feminine and masculine, mm. um, vulnerability and like power, and also uh, sort of subtle yet sexy. It is kind of sexy in a way, I think. That's good. You, yeah. I want it to be sexy. Yeah. Like, um, and I think those things around gender, like that's that those really interesting things, those sort of feedback loops where that I'm very interested in where the work starts to tell you things around you. Like I'm not I don't I wouldn't rule out identifying as non binary. I think, you know, I think I definitely see my gender and gender as being not a binary thing. Mm. Um and I think, yeah, there is a duality because actually I'm kind of like quite a shy person. Yeah, <laughs> but yet the work is so, I'm not going to say loud, um, but it's it seems to be quite extroverted. Yeah, that's right. And I think yeah. this is sort of what, that's the nub of it. I think like somebody said that due to personal things that had happened in my life, there was uh, the safe spaces in which there were spaces in which I'd only been able to express certain parts of myself, and one of them was like in the studio, and the other was like on the dance floor as a little raver. Yeah. And so yeah. I think the Instagram, like weirdly, was allowing those to it was allowing that that stuff to kind of start to spill in different ways. Yes. Yeah. And and you can be somebody else through social media. You can kind of create a identity or, or an alter ego in that in a sense. Yeah, or it can allow you to show parts of yourself and also I think some it's also like a kind of uncontaining of like sounds a bit this a bit pretentious of the affect 
present in the work. You know, maybe there they are. Maybe there is a sexuality or a sensuality present in the work, or there is a. I don't know. It's been like a kind of spilling of things that were contained in what are sort of wordless diaries in some ways. Yes. Yeah. So also by photographing my body or me at certain times with certain hashtags, it's kind of. It's interesting for me to look back because you can see in the body what's going on at that time as well as you can feel it in the paintings. Yes. So it's kind of like spit, spilling and uncontaining those stories in a way. Mm -hmm. And where, where did um, painting your stories and spilling out your, um, your, your experiences come from? Like, didn't it come from when you were on, on your MFA at Goldsmiths and you, you met the artist and tutor, was it Mark, Mark Leckie, is that right? Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, so God, I was so lucky, you know, we had Mark Leckie in, in our first year and um, he just talks in such a brilliant way about making work and he, actually also, interestingly, he's like, he's a, bit, he's a little bit older than me, but he's also from the Northwest been to art school in the 90s, kind of like, we understood, there was things about each other probably that we understood, but he talks about like art comes through the body and through the life experience and use your body as a vehicle for your obsessions. And, you know, so that was a sort of a channeling. And I think that was actually also personally for me, like a moment of acceptance of a lot of, ex you know, just experience, my life experience. So I think before that, maybe I've been a bit like art's good, TV's bad, yes, being yeah. a rain, little raver is bad, yeah, you know, yeah, making yeah. pretty, I don't know, yeah, so absolutely. So it was about taking those things, taking the experiences that, that you had throughout your life, like say being like a little raver and then putting that like into painting, putting that on, onto canvas. Yeah, and I think I'd always done that, like there's a, I've always going by my quotes, but Mary Highman talks about each painting being an autobiographical marker of that day and, and Jo Mitchell talks about painting like every lover every friend every dog alive or dead you know they talk about that so that had interested me but there was something about that is a really important quote for me that art comes through the body because mm. I think it also allowed me to accept that like I think it's very much like yeah the research is in there yeah Deleuze is in there but also like you know the beans on toast you had for breakfast is in there you know it's like everything it's it's all just gonna come out and you don't have to impose that on it mm -hmm. and do you always put the canvases against the wall or are they no they're flat on the floor yeah um and i'm always getting into trouble with that because well now there's plastic on the floor but yeah. like, the can the water can go through to the studio below but um yeah they're flat on the floor and i suppose they're like I haven't actually made ones like this for a little while because I think some things have shifted for me personally in, in my life. And But they are like, there's almost like a build-up to the need to make one of these in a way. And mm. then they're kind of like, I make them and and I make them until I feel that they're done and then they're, they're left in like a big pool of, wa of water. So there's a sort of an unknown element as to how they're going to turn mm. out. Mm. And do you... Um when you're doing your performances like around the, and on the canvas, do you um, kind of put your body on onto the canvas? No, I don't want to. Or well, just to do with the brushes and the, it's the more like just it's more with my hands actually. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit with the brushes, but it's a lot with my hands, and it's kind of like I think it's kind of interesting because they're like 
they're like a kind of a mark of the movement of the, the body in some ways or you know they're a trace of a performance aren't they yeah yeah um but yeah do they always resemble bodies in a way like this section here almost looks like a breast or a or a mark of a buttock or you know like like you've actually yeah, yeah sat on the canvas or rubbed your, you know rubbed your breast on the canvas or something i, I mean i have done things like that at times i have done that at times i don't always do that it's like you just you sort of it just they each one is different really mm. but you think they are like body and internal things of the body and also like geology and you know lots of things like that so they just kind of I mean, it, they don't just, it's kind of a hard state to get into, but in the best instances, I'm just kind of in something and it's just happening, you know. Mm -hmm. I know you've talked about, um, you haven't said it in so many words, but maybe there's like a spiritual aspect to your work or or ritual um, aspect to your work, like you're maybe you're trying to cleanse, cleanse your soul. Maybe that sounds too kind of godlike, but you're kind of cleansing your... Ah, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Um, and spilling, yeah. Maybe I don't know if I'm, yeah. Well, actually, that's really, I have never spoken about this or thought about it, but I did, at some point I was doing like um, stuff, uh, doing Qigong, and I do a lot of yoga. And and um, in Qigong, there's something called Wuji, which is like a kind of empty vessel. And I was thinking about this in terms of the paints, but that's not. I don't know. I think I'm like. I think it's more like earthly and bodily, and than that. Something that interests me though is like more like the structures that I have around painting as a, as a sort of trauma response, you know, um, and the, you know, the even the, like, you know, the buying of the stretch of the stretching it, the making it, you know, this mm. kind of, I think people that have been through, experienced trauma, they, you put these structures in place to stay safe, to feel mm. safe, and that, yeah. that interests me, and I think as I, um, uh, heal or something then maybe those that shifts mm. yeah you talk about um i know earlier we touched on the idea of safe spaces so for you paintings like a like a safe haven then it's like from from the outside world perhaps or yeah like um roxy walsh said a brilliant thing at goldsmith she talked about painting as ref a refuge and i think um and i'm really interested in like painting as a refuge and as a portal both in the making and in the viewing, or it has been for me. We talk about your that uh, the solo show that you did. Was it last year from mm. Duality Spill? Like yeah. How did that come about? Um, yeah, it was. It, I'm still processing that. Mm. I think. Yeah. I think that was a really massive thing to do. Yeah, it was quite an intense show, wasn't it? I know you applied for Arts Council funding as well. Yeah, and it was very mm. personal and uh, really difficult stuff to be dealing with in a weird way in a, in a show. Um, and it was... Uh, and actually the people that I think get this about the show is sort of really important for me to feel that that was a testing out of a lot of things. I'd never ever shown anything to do with the Instagram um, practice before. And yeah, I don't know, yeah, I think all I can say about that show is it's sort of very important and a real privilege to do it, and a real privilege to, to work with those people. Um, but it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I was, so at the moment, like, there are opportunities or things to show in a bigger way, but I feel like, 
it's important to sort of sit with what's going on and mm. um, because it's it was a the spilling was pretty uh, tense yeah, and yeah. fast mm-hmm. not just in that show but on the Instagram so um, yeah and sit with how I feel even about being an artist what way do I want to be an artist mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean god I was so lucky and yeah the, you know I mean amazing essays amazing collaborators and curator and like um but yeah, it was kind of, I now realise, you know, dealing with things that are that personal, it's like, um, yeah, you just need to allow time to pass yeah. to, uh, to, to absorb it, I think. Mm. And I can imagine that, um, that any painting or any artwork where it's very deeply personal, when you do put it out there in the world, like in a public space, that it can be quite like, anxious. Well, I don't, like show- I don't really like <laughs> showing work. Like I find it, even if I'm just showing paintings, I find it really, really, really difficult. And which is a bit of an issue. <laughs> an do you mean that, how, um, that you're quite fearful about, because you seem to be great talking about your work, but how people, other people respond to I it? I don't know what it is. I just feel like, like, you know, I've actually been like naked on my Instagram and that is like way easier than showing a bunch of paintings. <laughs> like I find it just very, very, very exposing. I can't really explain why. I just do. I just find it really difficult. Um, yeah. I don't think it even is about the judgment. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's, it takes... Yeah, I, mean, I think everyone feels yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's just that me. You're, that you're making something and then you put it out there, and it's, and it's. I, I think when you put an artwork in a gallery in a public space, it's no longer, it's no longer yours. It's maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's someone else's or it's theirs. Yeah, and they can come in and they can. Yeah, and it's an odd one because if people buy paintings, I'm like delighted, and I really love them to have a life in the world. But there's some I really don't like. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's a, I suppose that, that does come back to the safe space and trauma responses and and those are the things that I need to think about and look at and those are the things that are, are, are massively all everything's been like broken open by yeah. Goldsmiths and and it's still um, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. So with uh, with the fragility spill show, was that about testing out? Um, the performative aspect of your of your painting. Um, mm. Yeah, it was about testing out different gazes. It was about testing out. It was te- yeah, it was. It was about testing out how does one because my Instagram presence is a practice in itself, and in some ways. Like Mark Leckie actually said to me once, which sounds really brutal, but I think he was right. He was like, oh, I really like talking to you. You're really interesting, but your paintings are... This was ages ago and they were really dull, but he's pretty much saying your paintings are really dull. <laughs> and I don't think the paintings are dull now, and I'm, you know, very proud of the paintings, but mm. I think there's something in that. There's something innate in that Instagram practice and, like, how do you deal with that in a gallery space? And that was that's the question, and that's still the question in a yeah. way. When he said that your paintings were dull, he um, didn't actually say. Well, no, I no, think he trailed it, off at yeah, your paintings, yeah. but what he wanted to say was yeah. that they were dull. <laughs> You've probably been very British about it, and you know how we kind of use certain words, and actually that's that's what they that's what they mean. Yeah. But when he meant, did he mean that that they weren't visually exciting? I suppose, or I think they was the I just didn't were really dull yeah. at that point. So how, how so how are they different? Were, were they quite similar to what you're doing now in terms of? The, the fluid nature of the work and 
No, they were like, I mean, I had this sort of practice before, which again, now I look back on that practice, I'm like, God, that was all about trauma responses. It was like, you know, these sort of like drawn pixels and like contained areas and areas where things spilled. And I don't know, like I really don't, I actually got rid of all those paintings because um, I find them really uncomfortable. I wouldn't want anyone to live with them. I have to live with them, but um, yeah, they were totally. It's, it's odd because like, for me, like ev everything shifted in with. Even though I stayed within the same scale and within the same um, area, i.e., painting. Mm -hmm. Like for me, the shift in the work is like comp is absolute and you know like 360 so, so, so were you dealing with the body even back then and like dealing with um the autobiographical nature of i probably was but i don't think i knew what was going on mm, yeah yeah and i know that you also did sculpture um on your mfa as well mm. and you're not doing sculpture now would, would you maybe at a later t time kind of combine sculpture and painting or well the sculpture uh, i made these little ceramics that are sitting on my on the table in front of us now and i made them in like my third year of goldsmithing like some like i i think i was really interested in materiality and the body at the time mm. and i think they're really odd little things and like actually um, a friend of mine described them as they are dumb, dumb objects um, but I don't know if I'd make more of them but they've become integrated into my practice because and kind of like as well as like the clothing being like a protective layer and actually I also painted onto my body for my Instagram I'm now like oh I've kind of given these little strange weird things some power to protect so they now feature in the photographic performative aspect of my practice on Instagram and I think I don't know if I would ever perform live I think I probably but I think they would uh, they would have to come with me mm, yeah, yeah they've been given some sort mm -hmm. of powers so you so you wouldn't do uh, like live performances then all of everything is kind of private and um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I wouldn't say I wouldn't do that. Um, I'm going to work with the curator called Kirsten Cook and to explore some things around the perform. Well, all of it, and maybe I would. I have what I have done is done performances, a performance where I told the story of the painting back to it, and I released that performance on Instagram. Um, but yeah, God, I don't know. I think I, I did, and also um, I did do a, a, a storytelling event with at Tate with She Performs, where I told stories from my raver, raver years in the nineties, and and actually that became that was like that became like a performance actually, and I was kind of quite amazed at what happened because I kind of went into like another state. So there's a lot to think about in, in all that. It, it sounds as though um, like dance and choreography has played a, a big part in your practice. Like even from when you were a raver to like now, I think that's, that's very Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dance related and performative related art in London at the moment. And I find that really exciting. And I feel very much like a kind of a, a, a punter, you know, I don't feel like I'm a part of that but I found it really uh, beautiful and um, yeah dancing and and I guess like that whole culture yeah I guess I kind of grew up dancing always mm, yeah 
and that is a really important thing yeah mm. do you um do you have any um when when you're making work are there any certain like raver memories or stories that always remind you of certain things or any stories that kind of come out when you're painting i think yeah. when i'm painting it's like that joe mitchell quote it's like everything comes it, it's, it's when she's like she just basically talks about remembering everything mm. so it's like i just think about everything when i'm painting all at the same time i don't impose those things i think the i think those aspects of the palette of the paintings that uh, it's become quite refined but probably does relate back to those times mm. um but yeah i guess that's all just part of this big soup of life experience isn't mm. it mm. I know that Joan, Joan Mitchell. You, I, I was reading um, reading a, uh, an interview that you uh, that you did, and you said that you, you that you were obsessed with Joan Mitchell. That's <laughs> like she's an artist that, that you've been really inspired. Yeah, I'm obsessed by. with her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What What do you find inspiring about Joan Mitchell? I don't know. I kind of I saw this show of hers at House and Worth in two thousand and seven, um, Leaving America, I think it's called, and it just it's just very. I don't know, it kind of blew me away, that show. And then I read her biography, and I'm really interested in biography, autobiographies and um, biographies. And she's just kind of, I mean, she's probably a bit of a piece of work, I'm sure, but she mm. was, she, you know, I don't know, there's something really fascinating about her, I think. I don't know why, I just always come, come back to her, yeah. come back to her. Um, is an interesting character. Yeah. See, I see you've got a photograph of her on your wall. Like yeah. She's like a like a reminder, like always looking down on you, like a like an icon, like a yeah. Like icon, a yeah, I'm sure she's a very difficult icon. <laughs> but I also think that, that I suppose that was also with the photographs. That was what you know. I was sort of thinking about that. It was like you know st those starting points of a photograph of a painter in front of the painting, and mm. then and then just kind of expanding on on that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, as I get older, I kind of, and I've read a lot of female painters, and I mean, many biographies and autobiographies, and I start to understand more about mm. about them, although obviously it's a very different time and context, and, you know, painting now is a very different thing to be doing than it was then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could you see yourself writing your own autobiography at some point in your in your uh, well, I don't know if anyone will be very interested, but like, if, but I have been. I know this is what I've what I've started doing is because what I was doing was like hashtags around the photographs, and then I've actually started to do bits of writing um, that are kind of like they're quite abstracted, um, almost like poems, and um, actually. Datagal, Datagal, I don't know, Vanessa and Martin, they um, they started to publish some of my writings on their website. So that is something that really interests me um, at the moment. Is like, and I think um, I found out I was really dyslexic at Goldsmiths. Mm. And I think I always had this narrative that I couldn't write. And actually, I do find like structured uh, academic writing like, like literally is like hell for mm. me. Although I can sort of do it. But yeah, I feel like, I don't know, there's something now where, weirdly, this Instagram photographic practice has given me permission to start to write. So yeah, I would like to write. I've got some quite good stories. <laughs> yeah, they, well, yeah you, you sound like uh, 
like you're someone that can tell so many like great stories about your about your raver days and I have got some yeah. good stuff. Well, I think I think everyone by the time you get to like you know. 48 or whatever most people have got some good stories did you ever go like party out in the west end or in soho or yeah oh wow yeah. which which clubs did you used to go to oh god where did we used to go like all it, it was really great in the 90s because you could go out like all the time if you were a student like in the i think the um, the wag madame jojo's the milk bar oh my god like just everywhere all the time yeah you could just and you could go to like hip-hop clubs you know, then you could go to hip hop clubs, and then you could go to like, you know, um, drum and bass nights. You could go to like everything, but it was just cheap. And I think, yeah, I don't think that's possible now. Soho has, has become quite refined, I think, quite sort of gentrified. Yeah, um, there are still some like great clubs that you can go, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have been to the French House, uh, which is oh like, yeah, the French House famous. is great. Yeah. I mean, Soho was because I was at St Martin's in 1990. Soho was such a different place though, mm. um, and yeah, we're really lucky. There was like kinky galinky and things like that. It was really, you know, really an amazing time. I can see that the colours, the kind of, sort of neon and the pinks. Yeah, kind of reference those kind of nightclubs, I think, in your work. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's sort of all made, made its way in there. Mm. <laughs> and you have a son as well, you have, you have children. Oh, you have a son, and, yeah. and, and does that kind of influence your work, be, being a mother, being Yeah, everything influences. Yeah, and I think actually that's sort of quite interesting in a way, because I think, um, I mean, it, it all influences, but I think in some ways... How can I explain this? There are things that parenthood, not in terms of my relationship with him, he is like the best person in the world, like, and that is the best thing that I ever did, having my, my kid. But there's things around being a mother, or societally, and around being a parent that I think I found quite oppressive. And I think that this studio was a place to uh, deal with that and so actually that's one of the questions really in a way is because he's at uni now mm. devastating I miss him <laughs> really really loads but then those struck those oppressive forces are not I've kind of left kind of like they're not there now no so now I'm like oh okay this mm. in, entirely needs to be renavigated. So, which I don't have the answers to that at mm. the moment. Yeah, I was going to ask you like where I mean I know you mentioned writing so maybe your poetry could inform the paintings, you know, you could write and then the paintings, mm. could, uh, the poetry could inform the paintings. But where do you see your practice going now? Like now, do you think you'll you'll still be focusing on painting or moving more in the performative, like film aspect of? I can't imagine. I mean, I was thinking about this because I don't really know how any way, other way, how to be other than to paint. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, I mean, I. I, I'm interested in maybe doing a PhD to sort of because I feel like there's just like a lot of rich stuff to be mined here and yeah. I feel like actually I need like support and other voices to kind of unleash these other aspects um, so I think painting is always going to be like I'm obsessed with painting but um, but there's something kind of lighter coming out of things and that around around writing and maybe around I mean, it kind of weird. I have all this experience with moving image, you know, and um, maybe that will come into the world. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no um, 
hum and you, I think, keeping with the painting and then bringing other things in, which you have already. Mm. But maybe, as you say, I mean, you spoke about moving image and, and I know that that um, animation and technology has is, is formed part of your life. You, you worked in television mm. um, for, for some time, mm. so you could maybe bring that in as well. Yeah, like a friend of mine said that that is in the DNA of the work and that's yeah. in the DNA of me yeah. as well. You know, mm -hmm. that's sort of like... Yeah, and I guess I'm more and more considering what an absolute privilege that was as well in my life. Um, so, and I think, you know, I mean, weirdly, I think it's also been about economic things, like I've been had to live my life really simply and I've had this phone and I've had a £12 remote shutter and an old Mac that I got from for being dyslexic at Goldsmiths. And that's, what, that's what's generated this, like, Instagram practice. But I am a bit like, okay, if there was, like time and space and maybe funding what could this open up into mm. yeah i was going to ask you what kind of um uh te te technological materials that you use but it seems to be very kind of basic like with it's, phone, yeah um, it's so basic yeah because yeah. it, it looks really professional and, and <laughs> it looks really yeah it looks really amazing it just goes to show that you don't need to have you know the the sort of best gadgets in the world. You need to do this kind of thing. No, well, I mean that's funny. I, I you know I was given a chance to work at MTV in the in the nineties by my friend mm. Paul Air, who and um, that there was like I remember we had like we we didn't have money or or big we had, we had to make we, we we made things out of like nothing, and there was some like insanely talented people in that in that department like. Uh, Ruff Mur Russ Murphy and um, Clive Barnard, people that had like done unbelievable things, but mm. we just yeah we learned we just did things out of, out of out of nothing and yeah I think you know in some ways it's been like kind of a it's been a um, challenging period in, in in lots of ways but I guess that I, I I maybe learned how to like be creative with not a lot and also I guess I was making decisions about images and. Um, you know, what do you call it, uh, composition and lighting and uh, for like 20 years in, in TV. So I've sort of applied, maybe I've applied that a bit to my mm. own practice. And, and what made you um, decide to to give all that up and to start painting? Um, had, had you done painting before, like during the 90s? And yeah, I studied painting at St Martin's in the 90s. And I don't know, I think... I didn't exactly give it all up. I think life was... I think it was... I was a single parent. Well, I was, you know, providing and I was doing that job in TV and, and I was... It was it became extremely gruelling. Mm -hmm. And I think I just... And I, I just wanted... To, I mean, I was able to be around for my kid when I did that because I'd work for, like, a month and then have, like, a couple of months off. I don't know. Maybe it was a bit of a madness. I think there was a lot of things going on. Mm. Um, uh, and I actually... Actually, I also started painting again when... Um, gosh, this is a bit heavy, but my, when my dad was dying. And I was like... I don't know. I just sort of was... That gave me a sense of my own mortality and, like, a sense that, you know... Wanted, wanted to get on with the things that I wanted to get on with. Mm. But I think I was quite, I think it was, in looking back, I was like, you know, this sort of like TV is bad art, it's a good thing. I think that was not right. I think it was just like, this is all just life and 
creativity but I think it was a lot being to do with being like really tired yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but I didn't exactly give it up I just kind of tried to do less of it to be uh, at home more yeah yes and and you, you say life life kind of takes over essentially and you, and you do have to focus on certain things but I think with art is when you're an artist no matter what happens like it never leaves you like it's always there like, yeah. in the background and you can always re- you know return to it if you want to yeah and I guess that's what happened to you when you did your MFA at Goldsmiths in 2000 and did you graduate in 2016 yeah so I did, you did that yeah. for two did, did you do that for two years no I did it for four years wow yeah, yeah. um part-time I mean that was like Again, that was a bit like, actually, one thing that kind of gave me permission to be was to be kind of local for my kid in the teenage years, which was really great. And I, I don't think, I mean, I knew that Goldsmiths was going to be full on. I don't think I quite realised how much it was going to kind of like open up. Mm. Um, you know, you have to, you makes you deal with yourself. And yeah, I've been dealing with myself since then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I know it has been quite an intense few years for you. You know, you've had the solo show since finishing. You've had lots of like projects and things. Um, do you have anything sort of coming up, like besides the uh, the poetry you know, um, writing? Yeah, I've got. Um, yeah, it's been really intense. I mean, I I kind of did the solo show in Madrid, and then I did one with DK UK, and I did. I don't know. It's been like a lot of showing, which has been brilliant, really brilliant, but. Um, yeah kind of quite tiring so i the thing that i've got coming up that i'm interested in is this project with kirsten cook which might actually be in here we might show in here and then work around i've been kind of making these structures in here like for the photographs these sort of safe spaces made out of elements from painting and sort of interested in like the I don't know I'm interested in like containment and the stretcher and that as a safe space as well anyway so um working with Kirsten on that I'm doing something with Teresa Volpen Goya Mujari in January and yeah there's some conversations around some other things that are happening um and yeah, I'm hoping to. Well, I'm going to apply for some arts council funding. I've got some really amazing people that said they would mentor me, and um, thinking about doing a PhD as well. Oh, that sounds that sounds very exciting. Do you know what you'd focus on for your PhD? Like maybe like painting and performance, or maybe gender performativity and uh, painting or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, I've got to write the um, the proposal, and it's kind of quite an intense mm. thing to think about so yeah. I don't know if I could put that in words. oh I know what I'm also doing I'm doing a lecture at um, transmission lecture at Sheffield Hallam University invited by Sharon Kivlin which is like a huge honour mm. that sounds very exciting do you know what you're going to be talking about um, so it's key it's a key words is the is the um, the theme of this season so I'm trying to think what my key words were uh, I can't remember what the keywords were, but it's around the keywords around my practice. Oh wow, that's that's kind of quite a challenge. So there's a, like a certain set of keywords, and you have to. Yeah, but it's exciting, and actually, that's that. I really I'm enjoying doing things like that because it's making my brain work in a different yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah yeah meeting people that are making my brain work in a different way and it kind of drill it, it kind of uh, makes you drill down to what your practice actually is and exactly like the what it means phd proposal yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite exciting and, and you spoke about um was it structures like you you use the stretcher of the you know the canvas stretcher are they like sculptures or are they how does it work? Mm. The, the, yeah, so it's I realised, I wrote, this is sort of all like realising in retrospect, that I really wrote, I wrote one like really kind of gut-wrenching autobiographical essay about oppression. <laughs> and then I wrote one that was like much more academic about around containment and painting and how the containment of the stretcher kind of heightens the, you know, Effective forces within it, and so I've, but I'm also kind of been like taking that apart a bit. So like thinking about the stretcher as a, thinking about also those sort of trauma responses of like you know making paintings with the stretchers and putting the stretcher on the floor, lying in some of the, the bits of it, and then making like little kind of almost like childlike dens or safe spaces with like the elements used for the painting practice or mm. even like say the bubble wrap or you know things used in in this whole process yeah mm. so again it's like I guess it's like you know just using what I've got around me to mm. try and figure some stuff out mm. and do you know what you're trying to figure out kind of ultimately or is it just like an, always like an on ongoing I think it's ongoing yeah but it, it does all feel like um it feels like I'm kind of wary of I don't know I feel I feel like it really needs to be um, it's all kind of all, all hanging out at the moment and I feel like it does it is pushing towards some kind of more of a resolve but I don't really know what that is it's just more like a, you, I just sort of intuitively work one day at a time and see yeah. see where it leads me really. and, and you're only like three years out of university yeah. and yet you've done so much already I mean you know yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's still really, um, it's still a lot of questions, it's not like all, and uh, it's, and that's a good thing, I think. Mm -hmm. And I know Joe Mitchell has inspired you, do, do you have any other inspirations, like other artists that have really influenced you? Um, yeah, I've read a lot of Kathy Acker, I'm really interested in Kathy Acker. Um, gosh, there's so many, really. Um, there's so many, but I, I don't really know where... But I suppose I've been... I can see artists like de Kooning in your work, I think. Yeah, de Kooning was like a mm. sort of real for <laughs> early love of mine. Gillian Ayres is like I'm obsessed with as well as a, her paintings. And, but I'm also really interested in a lot of what all my contemporaries are doing. Mm -hmm. um, and people doing really interesting things. Um, I'm interested in, you know, people like um, my friend Sophie Hoyles doing some really interesting work and I guess Roger Rage and I don't know, lots of people that are around me from, that, that are making work not, that's not necessarily about painting at all. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I do see you as a, you know, as a 
as a painter primarily, and yet you use so many sources. I even read that you quite like like Rihanna, like Rihanna. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> and Ariana Grande. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> Again, like with the colours, I know that Ariana Grande, like she loves pink, and I can see that. Like, anyway. Yeah, I think like the Kardashian um, makeup <laughs> tutorials are like a huge influence. She said, God, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. But, you know, <laughs> just got to be honest, haven't you? <laughs> do you? Do you wear a lot of makeup yourself? Um, or? More, um, yeah, I, 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 sometimes. Oh yeah, and also in the, um, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, reluct- I'm reluctant to claim this in any way because this is not my, but um, I'm kind of really interested in, in drag and like, um, so in the photographs, it's very subtle at the moment, but I've been, in fact, look, there's some really amazing feather fake eyelashes here, but I've been kind of, um, using fake eyelashes and kind of, I don't know, thinking about drag in some ways, but like, and that's very, very subtle. But I, I went to a, um, a drag king night at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, and I also went to see David Hoyle, who's like a really, really amazing artist. Um, and I'm kind of interested in like the need of people that have felt othered or, um, marginalised to perform in some way and that that's a sort of reclaiming and I mean I'm queer and I'm you know I know my I know my privilege in this white female body um but in some ways I have felt other than marginalised in my life and so yeah I don't know those things I'm starting to think about but I'm also you know wary of claiming them too much so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you can maybe do like a like a painting performance with a like someone in drag or mm. go to like a drag club in Soho and do something I mean that that would be quite quite public but you could always do it like when the club is closed mm. and perhaps film yeah these are things that I'm all possibilities another big influence is my actually my friend Oshin Byrne who um, made this incredible film with his friend Gary Farrelly called Glue which is um, yeah that's like you know he's a really good friend of mine but that's like a been really super inspiring and influential to me thank you so much Claire really enjoyed it thank you thank you so much you're very welcome